welcome back to another episode of the format podcast so you probably know what i'm on to talk about today uh, well i guess you saw the thumbnail on youtube or you saw the title if you listen on audio version but we're gonna get into all of that um yeah we're gonna talk about it but before we do that you know what time it is go ahead click that subscribe that like and that notification bell so you know when the new episodes are coming out and you can always be aware of when we drop content so you can stay with us and pretty much be a part of the team if you want the audio only version of the podcast we're available anywhere you get your audio podcast just type in the format podcast search us out and uh we should come right up also uh please leave a comment whether on your audio podcast platform or here on youtube all that stuff helps us to rise in the algorithm so we can find more sports fans and more sports fans can find us finally if you can please leave us that five star review again helps us rise in the algorithm helps us have success i love doing this uh it's a labor of love but i also want to be successful at it so help me out there if you like the content and uh if you do like it please go ahead and don't keep it to yourself share it with other sports fans you know okay let's get right to it um is Marcus Freeman in big trouble? Why would Marcus Freeman be in big trouble, you ask? <laughs> because unless you're living under a rock and you're a college football fan, you know that Marcus Freeman is the first head coach in the history of Notre Dame football to go 0-3 to start a career. That's 24 head coaches over 116 years of being the most storied program in this country and in the sport. So, um, obviously, we got to look at this a couple ways, right? So the first game, was obviously the uh, Fiesta Bowl loss against Oklahoma State last year. That was kind of weird. Um, I don't know if you want to give it a pass or not. I'm not necessarily a give it a pass guy, but he gets put into a situation where he's basically thrust into the head coaching job. He's running all over the country between uh, recruiting and obviously doing all the interviews and everything. Uh, has half a staff, doesn't have all his key players, as you know many teams don't during bowl season. Just gets put into a spot where, you know, it, it, it's kind of forgivable to some extent if if he drops that game. But the, the crazy thing about that game, you wonder where there's some head coaching snafus there due to inexperience based on the fact that they were up, they being uh, Notre Dame 28 to seven uh, at halftime in that game. And then obviously ended up losing it. I think they only scored seven more points in the second half of that football game. So you look at it and you say, that's a game they should have won, but with everything that was going on, odd situation, okay. Then you go into uh, the season opener at Ohio State. Obviously, we talked about that last time. Got a lot of crazy storylines. Marcus Freeman being uh, Ohio State alum. Uh, you have a uh, first-time starting quarterback in that game. Um, you have a team in Ohio State ranked number two in the country, which is obviously um, most people feel the uh, best offensive team, most explosive in the country. Uh, Notre Dame obviously doesn't have the skill position talent to match up, but we saw them prepare. We saw them play extremely hard. We saw them keep that game a lot closer than many people thought it would be. But at the end of the day, another loss against an elite team, not good enough. So we say, okay, 0-2. We're kind of, we're still maybe giving Freeman a little bit of a break here, but then what? We now walk into... Marcus Freeman's uh, home debut, Notre Dame season opener at home against the Marshall Thundering Herd. Now, this is a decent program. That said, Notre Dame was a 20-point favorite at home. They end up losing 26-21. No excuse. I mean, Marshall has some talented players. They've got guys that 
transferred from high level division one programs and all that. So it's not like it used to be where you have mid-major programs that don't have nearly as much talent. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame was outplayed. They were outcoached. Congrats to the Thundering Herd. Congrats to Charlie Huff, who I just found out this morning doing research for this episode was actually on Nick Saban's staff um, for that uh, 2020 college football playoff game where Alabama beat Notre Dame 31-14. So we know this guy Huff knows what he's doing. Clearly, he's, uh, you know, he's coached at the quote-unquote foot of the master, right? And Nick Saban, who's arguably the best college football coach of all time. Um, so we know this guy can coach. We know he's got some talent on that team. But at the end of the day, no one in their right mind would have expected Marshall to go in and upset Notre Dame. Um, before I go a little further, quick side note, let me digress. Other than, I'll say, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, has anyone besides me noticed that when everyone plays Notre Dame, especially at Notre Dame, it's their Super Bowl? Why do I say that? Everybody gets up to go into Notre Dame Stadium or to play Notre Dame for a chance to beat them. Uh, it's probably because of Notre Dame's historical lore, their place in the college football universe. Everyone does it. I saw at the end of the game yesterday, Marshall, at the end of game two of the college football season, literally gave a Gatorade bath to head coach Charles Huff because they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Now, it was the first time the two programs have ever met in their history. And of course, it was at Notre Dame under the Golden Dome. But still, I mean, just just think about that. You get a week to win and you Gatorade bath your coach because you beat Notre Dame. Just something to think about should tell you something about Notre Dame's place in the college football landscape. Now, back to um, Marcus Freeman. So he is now 0-3, only head coach in Notre Dame history to start that way. And we got a lot of questions. We got a lot of questions. Is this too much for him? Um, how much rope does he have? Is the honeymoon over? I'd say clearly the honeymoon is over because this is a game you were expected to win and win by a lot and kind of start riding the ship. Um, did he make the right selections on on his staff um how is this going to affect recruiting one of the things that oh, as notre dame people um notre dame fans uh, notre dame media national college football media one of the things at notre dame um the school itself one of the things that it loved about marcus freeman was his youth his energy his vitality his tireless work on the recruiting trail okay and I mentioned this again last episode, Marcus Freeman had and, and his staff, of course, had gotten Notre Dame to a point in the uh, recruiting standings that I never thought Notre Dame would reach. They were um, at one point number one. They may still be number one, but uh, number one for the 2023 class. We see them um, grabbing recruits for 2024 and 2025. They're recruiting at a level that we did not see under Brian Kelly now. The problem here is, okay, they're recruiting at a high level, but with the losses mounting, it, how is that going to affect recruiting? Is that going to make those high-end recruits, those five stars that we wouldn't normally get, are those guys going to back out and say, nah, I'm going to go somewhere else? We already saw um, the defensive uh, lineman, defensive end, number one player in the country, I believe, number one uh, defensive lineman, Keon Keeley. He had committed to Notre Dame. He decommitted and is now committed to Alabama. Um, how much more of that are we gonna end up seeing based on Notre Dame's success or lack thereof on the field this season? Um, Marcus Freeman can recruit as well as he wants to, but if you're not winning, that's gonna change some things in terms of who wants to come to the school and play football there. Now, he may be able to use the pitch of, 
um, you guys being the new recruits, you guys can be the difference makers. You see that we're struggling on some levels, but if you come there and you know you join us, you can be the difference makers to bring Notre Dame back to prominence. Um, you got to wonder how much was expected from Marcus Freeman. I think he's 36 or 37, first time head coach. Now he's done a good job with it, uh, surrounding himself with outside of Tommy Reese, but really um, a, a lot of some some quality experience. He brought back Harry Heastand to uh, coach the offensive line, and we'll get to that shortly. Um, he brought in Al Golden to coach the defense, which has played well. They have played well overall uh, in their two games so far this season. But if the offense is not coming along, well, how long can the defense hang in there, right? Um, so you're wondering, like, the decisions that uh, Marcus Freeman is making, how are they playing out? Um, you also got to wonder uh, the in-game decisions that Marcus Freeman is or is not making. How's that working? Um, what What is the Notre Dame Athletic Department and, and president of the school? How much are they expecting from Marcus Freeman? It's, it's my understanding that they were expecting him to, at the very least, maintain the level that Brian Kelly had set there in terms of five straight 10 win seasons. So it's not like he walked into a bare cupboard situation, five straight 10 win seasons. And then with his recruiting, the energy that he brings and the players that he's able to recruit to be able to get them over the top. Notre Dame is already competing for national championships. They've gone to two college football playoffs in the last five years, but the goal was for him to be able to be the guy to help to get them over the top by bringing in that top end talent. Can it happen? As it looks right now, no, but we don't know. The modern sports media, the modern sports fan, we have a short attention span. We have, um, we don't allow guys too much time. Now, it says something that you're historically bad in terms of being a Notre Dame head coach to start a career, but does he deserve a little more leeway? Again, first time head coach, don't know. He's 0-3, he's getting blasted. I think maybe if this was Clemson, this week and they lost to them the 0-3 wouldn't look so bad but it's Marshall and again you look at it and it's no disrespect to Marshall but you're thinking there's no way that Marshall should be coming in to Notre Dame Stadium and beating the Irish not as 20 point underdogs and basically not as being Marshall and being Notre Dame like that's just not supposed to happen but it did so now you wonder okay you're going into Cal at home next week what's that gonna be what happens if you lose there you, you, you wonder, can can Marcus, if if the season remains bad, does Marcus Freeman make it through the season? And if he does make it through the season, let's say we have a, uh, Notre Dame has what, a five and, let's say they have a five and seven, um, because right now anything looks possible in terms of a, a final um, record. Let's say they have five and seven, because we saw, I want to say 2016, the Irish went four and eight under Brian Kelly, who has proven to be a winner everywhere he's gone, in all fairness to him. But let's say Marcus Freeman goes 500 or less than 500, snaps that streak of, you know, five straight 10 win seasons, does not play well. The recruiting plummets, do they keep him? Do they fire him after one year? I mean, who knows? Um, now you also have the elephant in the room. You have the racial component. Marcus Freeman, obviously African-American coach, not very many of those in big time college football. He's also young. Um, he's obviously we know one of the uh, he's at the one of the 
banner programs in the country. So you start asking yourself here, and it may be early for this, but based on the negative uh, feedback that you're hearing from a lot of people, even though it's only three games in, you start wondering, would the negative feedback be the same if he was a white head coach? I don't know. Um, would he have a longer leash if he was a white head coach? On a historical level, not just at Notre Dame, but maybe at other places as well, the answer is likely yes. But you got to hope that Notre Dame is going to at least give him that second year to really get things going. Now, again, you you want to hope that um, if you're a Notre Dame fan, uh, even if you're a college football fan, because let's be real, when Notre Dame is great, college football is better. It's one of those programs. It's like in baseball, when the Yankees are great, baseball is better. In football, NFL, when the, the Cowboys are great, football is better. When the Celtics and the Lakers are great in the NBA, basketball is better um ucla kentucky duke when those programs are great college basketball is better there are certain programs that no matter what the sport when they're at the top of their game it elevates the entire sport right so you when you have these banner programs like that it it does something okay so now you you say how much time does freeman have how much rope does he have clearly the honeymoon is over um he said during the press conference after the game yesterday, you know, when he was asked what they have to look at to get better, he said everything. That's telling and that's scary because you wonder here, if he has to look at everything, can he see everything? Does he know even what he's looking for? How can you identify where the problem is? I can identify what the problem is looking from the outside. Obviously, I'm not a coach, but clearly there's no identity on offense. There's no identity on offense. Um, you have, obviously, we talked about, you've got a uh, young um, uh, quarterback. He's only in his second year, Tyler Buckner. He may be hurt, so we don't know what the status is there. Um, so far, he's got two touchdowns this year. Both of them are rushing. He has yet to throw a touchdown pass. So there's that, even though he's a talented guy. Um, Tommy Reese is struggling in terms of calling the offense. It looks like just the skill play is lacking on the outside. Outside of Michael Mayer, who is one of the best tight ends in the country, where are the weapons? Notre Dame has hung their hat through the majority of the Brian, Tully ten Brian Kelly tenure on dominant offensive line play and being able to rush the football. Harry Heathstand is back. He was gone for about four years. He's back now. And he's the architect of some of Notre Dame's best offensive lines. Um, sending a lot of guys to the league. Notre Dame had. They probably don't deserve it right now. The moniker O-line knew. But they can't run the football effectively. I think they averaged like 2.5 yards of carry against Ohio State and a slightly better but still not respectable 3.5 yards of carry against Marshall. So all this is problematic. Notre Dame can't run the ball effectively, right? Which means they can't sustain drive. They can't convert uh, third and short situations. They can't throw the ball effectively, which means there's no over the top component to make uh, defenses respect your passing game and not stack the box. So it's like, what are they gonna do? I don't know necessarily how creative the play calling has been and in that situation what is that uh, uh why isn't the play calling creative is it lack of talent is it uh, opposition I, we we don't know but we do know notre dame looks like they're in a heap of trouble and we know marcus freeman looks like he's in a heap of trouble um again the guy he knows resiliency he's got a ton of energy um he played albeit briefly on the nfl level he played for ohio state so we know the guy's talented. We know he's not going to quit. But 
is he just in a spot where it's too much for him where the program that he is representing and head coaching is too much for him and he's too young and not as experienced as yet i mean you'll almost never see a 36 37 year old guy take over a program of this type of lineage and of this type of star power it almost never happens and so normally you see guys you know they'll come up they'll get a mid-major head coaching job they'll do well with that then they'll get a power five job they'll do well with that and then they'll get one of the elite jobs this is totally unusual so where does the blame go i guess it has to start at the top with marcus freeman and so now you wonder how much rope does he have how long can he last if notre dame continues to struggle do they fire him i, I wouldn't if it was me I, I know obviously brian kelly has set a standard but you've got to look at it and if he can continue to bring in the recruits the way he has been doing then you keep him there because um the recruits are going to be the ones that are going to make the difference and then on top of that uh, maybe he makes some adjustments in his coaching staff who knows but with recruits and a good coaching staff and then he learns along the way in terms of what he needs to be doing um then who knows but yeah this this is crazy uh notre dame does not look good right now would not at all surprise me if they drop from number eight all the way out of the top 25 because they don't look good and um next week is an opportunity again to get it back on track um against cal not necessarily an elite opponent at all but they have to figure out something and figure it out quickly and there seems to be a lot to figure out uh by uh Mar by uh, marcus freeman's own words uh, you know they have to evaluate everything tommy reese uh offensive coordinator has to figure out some sort of identity uh offensive identity harry he has to and we know that uh, gelling an offensive line and getting an offensive line to play how they should takes time. We saw last year it took them probably about half the season before they really started getting back into being that elite offensive line unit that Notre Dame is known for. So that's going to be another one. How long is it going to take for that to get together, for them to gel? Um, again, back to Tommy Reese. Where can they come up with some big plays in the passing game? Because there is some speed on the outside, but where can they come up with some big plays in the passing game to loosen things up at the line of scrimmage so that Notre Dame can get back to doing what they love to do, and that's running the football effectively. And at that point, establishing some sort of identity on offense. Um, overall, the defense is playing fairly well, but maybe Al Golden needs to switch some things up in terms of being able to generate more pressure with the front four. Isaiah Foskey was a preseason All-American. Right now, he's only got one sack on the season. It's only been two games, but he's only got one sack. Um, there's just so much to look at, so much to see, so much to go over. I really don't know uh, what Jack Swarbrick is thinking right now. And, and again, uh, you know, this is the nature of the sports media, knee-jerk reactions um, early on, it, you know, jumping the ship, et cetera. But um it's only three games in to the freeman era but those three are all losses and again if if it was just the first two you could understand that but this loss yesterday to marshall was bad it was bad so where is marcus freeman um uh right now in terms of uh how the administration sees him uh what plans does he have to make adjustments whether x's and o's or whether uh motivationally um, when is Notre Dame going to get back on track and how is all this going to affect recruiting, which is probably his greatest weapon because the recruiting is, again, what was supposed to take Notre Dame over the top. Um, I, 
I, I know this episode is sound like I've just been throwing questions at you. And really, I have been throwing questions because I have no idea what the answers are to these things. So right now I'm just kind of um, giving my thoughts and, and you know, just talking to you and trying to figure out where we are with all of this. But uh, yeah, this is a tough one. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Please uh, leave your comments in the comments section. Uh, give me some idea of what's going on. What would you recommend on how we can make things better? Uh, how Marcus Freeman can improve, how Notre Dame can improve what they need to do um how much rope you think marcus freeman has left because clearly the honeymoon is over all right thanks so much for listening enjoy your sunday and i'm out peace